Hi, I'm Erin Gallagher, Interim Executive Director of This Is My Brave, and we're so excited to present to you this season of Our Turn to Talk, a podcast featuring young people who understand how important it is to talk about mental health. At This Is My Brave, we know that storytelling saves lives. We hope that this podcast inspires you to be brave with us and to start brave conversations with your family and friends. As a heads up, this episode contains explicit language and discussions of suicidal ideation and self-harm. Please be advised. I remember when I was three, I I would play dress up at my grandma's house because, you know, all the girls played dress up. And so I would always try to dress up as Cinderella and my grandma did not approve. made her mad who I was outside did not match who I was inside do you ever feel that way like you're showing something on the outside but what's really happening inside is something totally different it's like a mask covering how we're really feeling how we're really doing I know I do This is Our Turn to Talk, a place for young people to talk about mental health and how we're the generation to finally put our well-being first. I'm Anastasia Vlasova, I'm 19 and a freshman at NYU. Today, we hear from River Evans. She's 16. I had a chance to visit River at her home in Nashville, which is not the Nashville you're thinking of, not in Tennessee. It's Nashville, North Carolina, which, fun fact, is the original first Nashville. It is a very small town, very conservative, and there's really not much to do here. As she says, it's pretty conservative, and I saw that for myself. On almost every lawn in her neighborhood, there are religious signs. And I believe everyone should be able to follow whatever religion they want, but for River, this has been an especially tough environment for her to grow up in. I hid it from my parents for a long time. I guess I was scared of what they were going to say. Thought they'd think I was faking. What was River hiding? She was hiding her true identity. She was hiding the fact that she didn't identify as a boy. She didn't want to be called by the boy name that was on her birth certificate. She didn't want her dad to keep trying to get her to play football. And no, she wasn't faking it. This is River's turn to talk. You know, in third grade, when I would go to art class, we had crayons, and then we had oil pastels, and, you know, the oil pastels would rub off on your skin, and I remember taking one out of the box, and this was a very unsafe thing to do, but I would rub it on my lips and act like it was lipstick, and one of my friends, and we were talking about it, and I was like, I don't know, I just feel a lot better when I feel like I'm wearing makeup. And he said, oh, so do you feel like you're supposed to be a girl? And I told him, I said, yeah. And he was like, so then you're trans. And I was like, yeah, I guess I am. River is transgender. That's the T in LGBTQIA+. This acronym is an ever-expanding representation of the queer community that stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer and questioning, intersex, asexual, 
and covers the spectrum of people who do not identify as heterosexual or within the gender binary. Learning about this community opened the door to a whole new world for River. But at the same time, this new world came with thoughts and feelings that were strange and unknown. River now felt disconnected from everything she thought she knew and was taught growing up. When I was diagnosed with depression, nothing made sense. And then eighth grade, I was re-diagnosed with bipolar disorder type two, PTSD, anxiety, ADHD, and gender dysphoria. I guess around then was when everything kind of started to make sense. Living with gender dysphoria, along with all these mental health conditions, took a huge toll on River, and it brought her to some dark and heavy moments, which we'll get into in just a bit. But she does have a really important way of coping that helps her get through all of this. Music is the biggest part of who I am. I write my music to get out how I'm feeling. Because, you know, once you get it all out on paper, it's just so much more real. I'm feeling so weak, but I still try to look my best. She tells me why you see. Having music as an outlet has been so important for River because, as she said, she always felt different. It all started for her back when she was three, with that first memory of wanting to dress up as a princess. Who she was on the outside didn't match who she was on the inside. And then there was school. I was bullied a lot, and I apparently talked too much. <laughs> I still get told I talk too much, but <laughs> and nobody really liked me. So I just kind of didn't like myself either. Could you take me back to a specific moment where the light finally went off for you and you realized that you know who you're meant to be? Uh, oh, I was eight and I was watching my older sister's body start changing and she got boobs and she got a bigger butt. I didn't understand what why mine wasn't coming in. And I was like, you know what, they'll come in later. And then I was told that I wasn't going to get that. And I guess that was sort of when it um, when it hit. It, it was kind of like, you know, I was looking at her and I wanted to be her. Like I wanted to be like her. And getting the diagnosis of gender dysphoria also made it 10 times easier to talk about it. I, I fell into the medical basis. I met the criteria of what was needed to transition. And so, I guess knowing that I had already gotten the diagnosis and had already been confirmed to have fit the criteria to transition, it made everything a whole lot easier. And I finally knew for a fact that like, okay, I was right. Now, what exactly is gender dysphoria? Without experiencing it myself, I know I can't relate completely to River's personal journey. But I wanted to understand what she was going through, living in a body that didn't feel like her own. 
To learn more, I talked to Ray Sweet. Ray is the education coordinator for It Gets Better, a nonprofit that believes in storytelling as much as I do. And their focus is on the young LGBTQ community. It can be very devastating. I mean, it's obviously going to be different for everyone, but it's devastating. And it can bring folks to suicidal ideation. Like, that's the, the ultimate consequence of it. Feeling not right in your body and not right in the world and the way that the world sees you, that's the worst feeling to, to have. Um, like, what do you do from there? How, where do you go from there? Ray identifies as gender non-conforming, meaning they don't identify as male or female and uses they, them pronouns. They described what it felt like before they found this identity, that they would look in the mirror and not recognize themselves. I've seen gender dysphoria become a very physical reaction too of just, I don't even know, like, like your skin is burning, like that kind of just, this is not right, I don't feel right and I don't wanna be here and like, I can't handle it, especially as a kid. But I think, again, like I said, the important thing to also note is that not only can trans and gender nonconforming people, there's options to find ways to help themselves out of that. Having a supportive family can help bring you out of that. But just if you don't have that, that can make it even worse. And it just, it can be a downward spiral from there. As Ray was saying, Living with gender dysphoria can be devastating, but having a supportive family can, of course, make a huge difference. Unfortunately, this was not the case for River when she came out to her parents. I didn't tell them till I was 13 that I was trans, and they were not supportive at all up until mm, the beginning of 2020. Wow. So for three years. That's a lot of time to be living under the same roof with all that tension. How did that make you feel, knowing that your parents wouldn't even support you? Terrible. (laughs) Felt very alone in my own house. So when I first came out to my dad, he was not supportive at all. Um, He would call me things like, you know, faggot, uh, fairy. Like, like we would always get into, like, fights and we'd, like, yell and scream. And then we started getting into fist fights. And I remember the cops ended up being called twice. You know, we were always fighting, um, always arguing. You know, it just didn't end the greatest. It's hard to imagine how awful this must have felt for River, being harassed and bullied by her own family when she was already going through so much and battling several mental disorders. But unfortunately, this sort of dynamic with parents or caretakers is not uncommon for young transgender people. So sexuality, it's who you love, right? Ray, from It Gets Better, works a lot with trans teenagers through the coming out process and says it's trickier than coming out as gay, lesbian, or queer. And so who you love only comes up 
when you're talking about relationships and you don't you're not always talking about relationships with people you know maybe this doesn't relate so much with like family members because like you want your family to know who you're dating or who you are in love with or who you're seeing or whatever but it's going to be very different with friends teachers eventually co-workers like you don't always talk about relationships in those circumstances but coming out as transgender that's who you are not who you love and who you are comes up in every single space that you are in. It sounds like when you're coming out as transgender, it's sort of this constant process. As Ray said, it affects everything. And for parents, it's a constant process for them too. When you come out as maybe gay or lesbian or anything like that, your parents do have to mourn a little bit of a loss of who they thought you would marry and what kind of life you might live, but it's a it's a small piece of you. When you're transgender, they have to mourn the loss of like their daughter or their son because that's what they were expecting and that's what they were planning this whole time. And coming out as transgender, you're still the same person, but there's so much that might have to shift around you. You know, if you want to physically transition, that can be really emotional for the parents to have to grapple with. Obviously transitioning socially, so changing your name or your pronouns, that's a whole process that other people have to do for you. And that can be really hard on parents and guardians and things like that. But although it may be challenging for parents or guardians, it's it's even harder on the transgender and gender non-conforming kids and they need their parents' support. We'll talk more about the coming out process and dive deeper into Rivers' family dynamics after a quick word from our partners at This Is My Brave. Hi, Erin Gallagher from This Is My Brave again. Whenever I meet young people who are sharing their stories, I feel even more empowered to do the work that I do. If this inspires you too, I want to tell you how you can get involved with us at This Is My Brave. Are you a college student? Our Brave Ambassador program is a student-led movement to create a safe space for yourself and your peers to talk about mental health and to break down barriers on your campus. And teens, if you feel like this is your turn to talk, check out our website for opportunities to share your story, including how to participate in our next national teen show. Go to thisismybrave.org for more information. As we learned from River's experience, and more clinically from Ray, gender dysphoria is extremely tricky to navigate, and so much of this journey depends on family support, which River didn't have when she first came out at 13. But over time, she said things calmed down, and her parents actually came around to try to understand what she was going through, especially her dad, Anthony. While we want to be there, and while we want to support, and while we want to love and and nurture it's really hard when we don't understand the journey that they're going on that's anthony evans river's dad we asked him what it was like for him when river became his daughter and she stopped being his son i mean that was a difficult moment you know i reckon maybe even more so for me than other people because i remember how hard i had to fight for the name and i made sure that i wanted a name that was unique and wasn't used for you know 
anyone that I knew in our in our collective family, so it would be unique. Anthony is referring to River's male birth name, which we didn't include because River doesn't want people to know it. I reckon it is just a name, but it's, it was the name of my child. You know, it's a name that I've always associated with, you know, that unconditional love that you have for your child. So it was weird. It was, it was hard, you know, because it really felt like he was rejecting me at the time. And he really went into this, this deep depression. He started cutting, you know, it really started to go down into this, this dark place. And he really did his best to try to hide it. And, you know, there were times where, you know, things would come out and he'd be like, I, I, I don't think I want to be here anymore. I don't think I want to do this anymore. And then, you know, Sorry, it's difficult. I mean, even though, you know, we feel like we're past that point, you know, it's still hard to talk about, you know, your, your child telling you they don't want to live anymore. I would have to go sleep with him at night to make sure that he stayed in bed because we were afraid that he would want to get out of bed at night and do something. So, pausing here for a minute, it's clear how much Anthony loves River, his daughter. Yet, you'll notice he doesn't always refer to River with the correct pronouns, which are she, her. But as we learn from Ray, it's pretty common for parents and other loved ones of transgender teens to struggle with this. It can be a really hard psychological shift for them to make, but it's so, so important for them to do so because of the devastating impact that being misgendered has on transgender people. All I wanted was to know that they were trying and it seemed like really nobody was trying. And, you know, everyone in my house calls me River now, but, you know, there are some things that just don't happen. Like, my mom doesn't say she. It is what it is. You know, I can't change how other people act. I can't change anyone else. All I can change is how I respond to it. And even though there's clearly still some tension in the house around River's gender identity, her parents seem pretty supportive of her transition now. And Anthony is clearly really proud of her. What are your biggest hopes for River's life and for her future? I mean, you know, I reckon there's people I just like, I, I want a doctor or a lawyer or something like that, but I reckon I could go for a musician. But my greatest hopes, you know, <laughs> is that he become or she becomes a healthy, happy, productive individual that is respected and is respectful and just be happy. Do you see what I see when you're looking at me when I'm staring in the mirror? Do you know what it's like to always wonder why you can't see who you are any clearer? When it seems like everyone else understands just who they are. It does, definitely. 
helped me as a person and as a songwriter to know that I can help other people like just like that. When you know you're not okay, but you're faking every day, and you're smiling through the pain, cause you know you've lost your way. When you now that River is living by her true gender identity, she says she feels the need to be an advocate for others going through a similar struggle. A huge part of that is her music. I love all her original songs, especially this one. It's called Let Go. I really haven't played it for many other people. I kind of just started writing it. Like It just felt like there was something in my head that I had to get out, but I could not put words to it. So I just started writing and let go just came out and the memories are all you know but sometimes you just gotta let go do you know where to go at the end of the road and you can't seem to find the light okay river this is something i ask a lot of our guests but for you i feel like this question is even more fitting given the super courageous journey that you've been on So what does the word brave mean to you? The word brave means not, it doesn't mean not being afraid. It means having the courage to face your fears. You know, you grab your fear by your face and you headbutt it. Actually, don't do that because that hurts your head. But you know what I mean. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Our Turn to Talk. And thank you so, so much to River Evans for sharing her story. At the beginning of the episode, River talked about feeling like what's on the inside doesn't match who she is on the outside. This is especially relevant for our next guest, a member of the Wampanoag tribe who was paralyzed in a dirt bike accident at 14. He's had anxiety attacks ever since, but he tells us how he's tapped into his native lore to manage them. I got a story though. It's a Native American story. It's about two wolves. And one wolf's the the good wolf, which is like happiness, love. The next wolf is the bad wolf, which is like anger, depression, and jealousy. And the grandson asks his grandfather, he says, well, which one is stronger? And the grandfather's response is, the one you feed. If you're a young person, we'd love to hear from you. What's your story? You can go to OurTurnToTalk.com to share. Okay, so maybe you're not ready to share your story, but maybe you have a question for us. We will be answering your questions in an upcoming Our Turn to Talk episode. No filters, no shame here. Submit your question on our website, OurTurnToTalk.com. Our Turn to Talk is a production of Principal Pictures. We believe in the power and impact of storytelling through podcasts and films to build empathy and inspire change. Season one is a partnership with This Is My Brave, an organization using performing arts to fight the stigma around mental health challenges and addiction. I've been very proud to intern there for the past two years. A very special thanks to executive director Aaron Gallagher and program manager Katie Grana. Check out This Is My Brave at thisismybrave.org. This episode includes content courtesy of the WIDA Wellbeing's Youth Mental Health Project. 
Learn more at wellbeings.org and join the conversation with hashtag wellbeings. This episode of Our Turn to Talk was produced and edited by Megan Botel, mixing by Mitch Hanley. Beth Murphy and Jennifer Marshall are our executive producers. Additional support from Patrice Howard, Hannah McEachern, Ed Cashy, and Ben Kolak. Support for Our Turn to Talk is provided by the Hollister Confidence Fund, the Hershey Company, Rosemary Van Otterloo, and the Rissa Fund at the Community Foundation of Greater Washington. I'm Anastasia Vasova, and I'm so excited to be building this mental health community together. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, everyone. Erin Gallagher again. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Our Turn to Talk. Are you inspired by what you heard today? Are you ready to share your own story about your mental health journey? If yes, here's how you can do it. Go to thisismybrave.org and select Share Your Story. We can't wait to hear your brave.